Our guest today is a really special one. In fact, she is the reason that I'm on Wattpad and this podcast even exists. She's been writing on Wattpad since 2011, where she's had some incredible success with four books that have hit over a million reads. She is a proud member of the Wattpad 4, and she landed her agent, which led to her first novel called The Enchantment of Emma Fletcher, coming out in 2017. Her newest book, All Are Broken Pieces, came out in 2019, and reviewers have called it nothing short of superb. This book has also been nominated for the prestigious Forest of Reading Award. She's left a 15-year career and is now a full-time professional creative writer, balancing her novel writing career with crafting narratives for the popular Chapters Interactive game. She's also a die-hard Mariana's Trench fan. Today's author is none other than Leah Crichton, known everywhere as LD Crichton. Leah, welcome to the show. Hello. Can you come with me literally everywhere <laughs> and do my introduction? I can. I'll do it. Introduction for hi. Well, you, you have the audio now. It'll be on the podcast. You can sniff it there. I'm totally going to do that. I'm going to play it everywhere. And it's it's so good to have you on the show. Thank you so much for making some time for us. Um, I'm really excited to to get into this. Yeah, me too. Thank you for having me. So I kind of want to start from the beginning and ask you how you first got into writing. So wh- where did it all begin for you? Um, I have been writing since I can remember. Like I have a laminated copy of the first quote unquote book I ever wrote in kindergarten. And it has like one of those old coils that holds it together. Um, My dad was a writer. So I would come home from school and my dad would come home from work and he would go write. He'd eat dinner and then he would go to the den, his office, and he would work on his novel. And I thought that that was completely normal, like to just go write. So I was always writing something, a story. And then when I turned, I don't know, 14, probably 13, 14, my stories turn into like anguished poetry, you know, and then, I think, yeah. I think all of us have that kind of dark period at 13, 14, 15 years old. And uh, yeah, some of my stuff, I'm kind of glad that I wasn't on Wattpad then because it was pretty dark. Yeah, well, you know, the crazy thing is my mom has since passed away and um, I found a binder and she kept like so many of my angsty poems from when I was a teenager <laughs> in a binder. I was like, that's so cute. That, that's, I don't know, it's a cool thing to find, for sure. That is, it is. Moments like that when you can kind of see that your parents are cherishing your early creative endeavors are really nice. What, what kind of stuff was your dad writing? My dad wrote sci-fi. So he wrote this book that was on the Canadian bestseller list, like, before I was ever even born. So he, the picture is hilarious. In the back of his novel... His picture, he's like in bell bottoms and he has like pork chop sideburns and he's like crossing his arms over a typewriter. But his book is about a guy that goes out, he sees a curtain of light in this front driveway and he goes out and he touches it and he disappears and he goes back in time. But he's lost his wife and kid like to a car accident. So when he goes back in time, he tries to obviously change time and not, and it just screws up everything, of course. And yeah, his whole book is about that. Okay, I love the premise. We'll need to make sure that I include that into the show notes. So what's your dad's name and what's his non, uh, his writing name and uh, what's the title it's of that book? N-E-I-L and it's the last name's the same as mine, Crichton. 
and it's called rerun amazing well we'll make sure to to point to point that is your dad on wattpad as well has he checked it out he was he's also passed away unfortunately but i did get him hooked on wattpad before (laughs) before he left and he posted the first chapter of what he was working on like when he died which i'm supposed to finish which that's not pressure or anything i don't write sci-fi i promised him i would so one day i will but not today Hey, when that time comes and you're looking for some sci-fi writers to bounce ideas off, consider me here for that, my friend. Okay, that sounds good. I'll take and, you up on that, sure, because I have no idea what I'm doing. Not going to lie. And h- how did you first find out about Wattpad? Um, I was bo- like broke <laughs> and took public transit in a busy city to and from work every day. And it's hard to like hang on to a... A train bar and like hold a novel and read and I'm like I was too cheap honestly I was too cheap to buy ebooks so I'm like free reading I googled free reading apps on whatever it was then I guess it wasn't even an iPhone I had a Blackberry so whatever store you went to to get apps and I found Wattpad through there and I was reading long before I ever even posted anything just to and from work honestly because and I then- that's the answer <laughs> because I was too cheap. Hey, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. I think like people have, it's always interesting to see how people have discovered Wattpad and obviously it owned that place. If you typed in free reading, uh, free reading app or how to get free books or whatever it was, <laughs> Wattpad was the place that came up first. And it was just that searchability um, that's been so key for finding some of our really, really early early people and and so what happened then uh you were reading for how long oh i don't know probably six or seven months i like creeped wattpad before i ever even made an account and then i'm like okay i'm gonna try this like i'm gonna try posting some of this because i had already been writing my own book at this point my mom had passed away And I had started writing my own book. And of course, like every writer ever, I thought that this book was like the greatest thing in the world. And so I'm like, I'm going to post my book on there and see what happens. So that's when I made my account with Wattpad. But I don't want to tell you the rest of it until you get into like, tell us about your Wattpad story because it goes from there. Oh, I want to hear it. Please tell us about your Wattpad story. Okay. So I started posting my book on Wattpad and my idea, my intention was I was going to self-publish this book. Well, it's like a much longer story than that. I got a publishing deal with a little publisher and it was horrible, actually. I like, I don't even want to talk about it. It was horrible. I got ripped off. Um, The day my book was supposed to go to print, I found out it never even went to print. And like, she made me do all these edits. It was ridiculous. And she did this too. I don't know, 14 people. So everyone kind of banded together and we kind of helped each other. So it wasn't self-publishing, but it was self-publishing with a group of like, like really pissed off authors, basically. Um, Pardon my language, but that's exactly what happened. So I had this book coming out and I was going to, I was going to post four chapters on Wattpad and tell everybody, you know, everyone was going to love it so much that then they were going to all buy my book and I could be a writer forever because that was the dream so I posted four chapters on Wattpad and I had someone who worked at Wattpad email me 
and say, do you want to be part of our featured stories? Who, do you remember who that was? Her name was Nina. Amazing. And she doesn't, I, I don't think she works at Wattpad anymore, but um, I said, what does that mean? And she said, it means that you have to post your full story on Wattpad, like, and explained that in exchange, because back then Wattpad was so much smaller, right? In exchange for posting my full story on Wattpad, they were going to give me, like, exposure. And I thought, well, that will still help me sell titles of my great, incredible book that's going to change my life, right? So I agreed. And it was so much fun. I was addicted. Like, as soon as people started commenting, I was like, this is the best feeling ever. Like, the support you get from Wattpad writers, no matter how wacky your idea is, they're like, you're awesome. Like, they're, I don't know, they're amazing. So, of course, I enjoyed posting my whole story and the comments and the interaction. And then I'm like, I'm going to write another story. I'm going to write a story from scratch and I'm going to get people's comments while I post it. So I started doing that. Lo and behold, like 10 chapters posted, someone contacted me from Wattpad again. And they didn't say much. They just said, I'm so-and-so from Wattpad and um, we are partnering with a third party on a brand project and we want to know if you're interested in a commissioned piece. And I'm like, what? You're going to pay me to write something? Like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, it's a, it's about a boy band. So I thought, oh, okay, that explains it. Because the second story I was posting on Wattpad was about a boy band. And it wasn't like a fan fiction. It was literally just, like, my main character was in a band. And so um, I agreed that I would be interested in hearing more. And the next thing I know, I'm talking with Sony Music because... Wattpad was working with Sony Music and One Direction to write their official fan fiction. So I wrote their official fan fiction. I worked with Sony directly, which was really cool. Um, I had a contact at Sony and he was so great. Um, I wrote their fan fiction to very specific specifications and they posted it to Wattpad on Valentine's Day. And I remember like everything in my Wattpad life changed that morning. I was emailing the people at Wattpad. I'm like, what do I do? Because back then they still had live chat. Like, where you could log on to Wattpad and have a message with Ding if someone wanted to chat with you. And I opened my Wattpad and it was just like, ding, 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 ding. It was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced, honestly. Amazing. And, and you know, I may have lucked out in getting my audience, but I was able to keep them by writing other stories that weren't just one direction fan fictions. So you, you, you carried on then writing um, that second novel or that second novel wrapped up at that point? Um, I finished it. It's finished and it's still on Wattpad. It's called Celebrity Status. <laughs> After Mariana's Trench <laughs> song. But it wasn't a fan fiction. It was a piece of original content. It's absolutely original content. And here's a fun fact. That's probably my favorite story I've ever written until I wrote All Our Broken Pieces. Which also happens to have a boy in a band. So I think that says something about me and musicians or music. And we'll definitely get into that as we as we approach that part of the story. Yeah, sure. uh, I, I want to know what was happening in your life at this moment? Um, what were you doing outside of Wattpad? Um, honestly, I was just raising my kids, going to work nine to five every single day at an office downtown Calgary. Uh, I was doing working in geographic information systems so basically like google earth but for 
seismic data, which is very complicated. But honestly, I literally just woke up, would go to work, come home, make dinner, and then I'd sit in my little corner of my living room that was like piled with papers and garbage and write. You had that space and you had that. Go on, Leah. I just couldn't keep my eyes open. Then I'd get up the next day and do it all over again. That's really good, though. You had that space and you had that commitment in terms of that you were going to get this done and you were going to get these these books out there. Yeah, it's hard some days. Like, it's hard. There's some days I wanted to, like, lie down and not do anything. But also, I think if you're a writer, you need to write. Right? Like, I don't know about you, but I get grumpy. I get owly. Like, I get negative. So I'm not it, right. I think that there's been actual scientific studies that show that creatives will get deeply unhappy unless they have some kind of creative project on the go that that they're doing so it's almost a non-optional thing if you if you're going to be a writer if you are a writer you just are and you're going to write if you're going to be an artist you're going to do that a musician you speak to anyone that has this creative part of their life and they actually will not be fulfilled unless they're exploring that even if kind of every other aspect of their life is checked off it's something that you must that you must do i a thousand percent believe that well because you live it right (laughs) Otherwise, exactly. you are happy and you just sit around miserable. So, this this uh, professional experience, you were paid for this too, right? Uh, for the One Direction, yes. It was the so first. That... that was the first time I was ever paid for my writing, and that was the greatest feeling in the world. And like, it wasn't even you know a huge amount of money, but I was still like, oh my god, someone is paying me for my brain. Like stuff my brain. That's weird. It's amazing. And I I try and obviously I work in the brand partnerships team. So I get to have a little bit of a hand in this experience in uh, sometimes being given the opportunity to help recommend writers or, 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 you know, link a writer up who could be a perfect fit with a brand by working with our talent managers. Because I remember so clearly when I became a Wattpad star and was given my first paid writing opportunity, how much it changed everything like people just don't understand when you've been doing something for free and we, we've spoken about it. you do it because you love it right. but you're doing it for free and then the moment you're like this is crazy someone's just given me money to write a story that I want to write anyway like this is such a great feeling it's validation that it, it means like your work means something I guess to someone other than you right like and that's what you hope for as a writer, I think. So once you'd written the One Direction fan fiction, how um, how soon after that was it that uh, you went and spoke at a conference um, called When Words uh, Collide? Would you be able to talk us through that? What, what happened there to have you up on that stage? Honestly, I can't remember the date of that or anything I just remember Wattpad asked me to be on a panel and of course you say yes like why wouldn't you here's an opportunity Leah would you like it (laughs) of course I'm gonna say sure Wattpad I would love that opportunity thank you 
so at, at that point you hadn't really spoken publicly about your writing or had you had you done any talks or anything else god no i was i remember if i compare myself on a panel like today compared to a panel back then it's laughable the difference i was so scared i was like just i'm not a public speaker really i can be now if i have to but it's taken a lot of panels for me to get to that point right and I think that was probably my first panel I ever did. So, I was glad Aaron Kite was there. That's right. Um, and so this is where Leah and my inter- in- stories interconnect. Because <laughs> I think at this point, and it was in 2000, it was in August 2013. And I was living in Regina, Saskatchewan. And had driven the eight-hour drive to Calgary to go to what was the nearest... Um, writing conference that had a genre aspect to it because I was writing my first novel, uh, Katendar, which which was going to come out on Wattpad the following year. Or actually, it wasn't because I was just writing it at that point. I didn't even know Wattpad existed. <laughs> and I, I remember looking at the the program for the writing conference and seeing um, the, the note about uh, you and Aaron's talk. And it said, hey, Wattpad is this new thing. It's an app and it has 10 million users. And I thought, what is what is this? A free some? I, I didn't actually understand it from from reading it, and and then I went and saw you speak, and it was like a light bulb had gone off, and I just knew that this was the thing that I'd been looking for, and it was really funny because you gave this fantastic talk and you talked about how you found it and that you'd had your first paid writing opportunity um, writing One Direction fan fiction. And I think the crowd looked around and they were like, what is One Direction? Well, they were about to find out. (laughs) Um, And one of the questions was like, "Um, so we put our books up like for free. You're telling us that no one's going to pay us. And in my mind, I was thinking, I'd run out of people to like show my writing to. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'd like been trying to convince my brother to read it and give me feedback. He wouldn't do it unless he was paid. So I was like, yes, people are going to get to read my book for free. Like I'm not going to have to pay them to read my stories. <laughs> yeah. um, and you'd spoken a bit about the audience as well, um, being a little bit younger. And I thought that was like, that was perfect so then that's when our two stories interconnected and it kind of sparked something in me seeing you on that stage um which is why why i'm a, why i ended up posting on wattpad what how i ended up becoming a wattpad star and and all of that um so what happened then that year in 2013 yeah had were you continuing to post on wattpad and and oh, I um probably was posting to wattpad mostly only that because at that point you're like building momentum right I start having like new views or whatever so I want to keep my readers so I was posting answering to like I wasn't at that point I wasn't like okay I'm gonna make a career out of this now I was just enjoying it raising my children going nine to five but being like yes this is awesome like people love my writing that's awesome and uh, you and I then met again um, at, at When Words Collide 2014. Yeah. And we met in line for to speak to a literary agent. Um, I, think, I, think, I think that's when we we'd met, first met in person. And, and I met you and I was like, oh, my God, 
I was hoping you'd be here. I need to say thank you so much. Like what you and Aaron did is just like amazing and it's changed everything because at that point I just started posting my novel in April and I think I'd got to like I think in the first month I had a hundred reads and then in the second month it was maybe 200 and then um, it started to go up and I think I was at like maybe approaching like 7,000 reads and and I was getting that and on the first part of that journey where people were reading and interacting um and that's when I spoke to you and was like hey like thank you so much um and I think we both went and and kind of interviewed with a literary agent right and did they they gave you some good feedback I remember you saying that I'm sure I got good feedback I mean loads of agents give you good feedback but I mean, loads of agents don't want what you're selling. <laughs> I mean, and there's so many people at conferences approaching literary agents also. It is very true. So what happened then next for you? Now we're looking at 2015. Is this when you, because you, you do land a very good agent. Yes. So this is when I start posting, I think, I'd have to actually look at the actual year, but it's got to be around this time. Started, or 2014, started posting The Enchantment of Emma Fletcher to Wattpad. Um, and it was being very well received, although on a smaller scale, like it didn't, it wasn't on there long enough to, you know, like my loyal diehard readers were reading it while I was posting it and commenting and stuff. And I was almost finished. I don't know, my agent doesn't actually know this, so <laughs> he listens. I was almost finished the enchantment of Emma Fletcher and there was a pit mad event. So that's, if you don't know what that is, that's pitch madness on Twitter where agents will scroll the hashtag. And if they favorite your tweet, they're requesting material, etc. Anyway, um, they were looking for a lot of strong female characters on this particular pit mad and the Wattpad four girls who, are Rebecca Sky, Aaron Latimer, Monica Sands, Fallon Mornay, Lindsay Summers, except at that point it was just Rebecca, Aaron, and Monica, convinced me to pitch my book. And I said, well, it's not finished. And they're like, well, you write fast. Like, if you get favorited, you can just finish it real fast. And I'm like, okay, well, that seems like a bad idea, but I'm going to do it. So, <laughs> so I pitched my book. And no kidding, it got like three or four likes, I think. So I sent out my book. Um, I finished it in a weekend. I finished, I think I wrote 10,000 words in a weekend. Finished the book. Um, and I sent it to the agents and one publisher that requested it. So ultimately all the agents passed, but they all said nice things. I didn't hear from the publisher at this point. This is important to note. All the agents passed and they said really nice things, but they passed because it wasn't their thing. However, it gave me the confidence to be like, okay, so this is actually decent enough to maybe query, because my only previous querying experience had been with my first book, which is like a terrible idea, I now know, to query your first novel, because really you grow so much. But um, So I started querying agents, and among them my current agent, John. And... Um, at that point, he requested a manuscript, and I was super excited because I had a spreadsheet with, like, agents I like, agents I really like, and agents I would love to have. And John was on the agents I'd love to have. 
And so whenever I got a rejection, I'd pick one from each spreadsheet and send a new query out, like one from each column. (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, so then I heard back from the publisher who, it was like a mid-sized press, and they gave me an offer. So I emailed the agents that had my manuscript, and I said, like, I have an offer from this mid-sized press, but it's still an offer, so I need you to, like, get on it and make a decision. And the morning that I was supposed to get back to the publisher with a yes or a no, my agent, who's now my agent, (laughs) called, and we had a conversation, and he offered to represent me, and the rest is history. And now he's like the greatest agent. I just adore him. Amazing. Yeah. Um, is there any advice that you give to other people that are perhaps looking to go into this query process? Um, don't query your first novel, probably, <laughs> unless it's like your first novel from 20 years ago and you've been working on it that long. But like, I spit out a first book and thought, oh, this is great. And it wasn't ready. Like, I was just too eager, I think. But secondly, don't give up. Because so many people are going to reject your book. You can't take it personally. Like, you cannot take the criticism personally. You have to, like, learn from it. Tweak your book if you have to. Because there's a point where writing is an art, but you're trying to get an agent. And that part of it is a business. And, like, cer- like books have devices that sell for a reason. Like, certain things, beats have to happen in a story. And if your agent or if you're getting repetitive feedback on the same thing that's missing or agents aren't connecting to your characters or whatever their feedback happens to be, you have to take it and fix it. Right? You're always learning. You can't just, I don't know, people get offended. They, they query agents and they get offended. But don't get offended. Get smart, learn. Get, get smart and learn. And 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 you're right. I think it is that um, there's a real balance in that you want to be an artist and you want to create these things, um, but you also have to be stubborn enough to finish the project that you're doing, and then flexible enough to be able to kind of detach yourself from it, look at it as a uh, an item that's going to go on sale and right. be open enough to accept um, professional feedback from others who do this for a living. That's the thing. Like lots of people are like, Oh, it's my book and I'm an artist and blah, blah, blah. Yes, you are for sure. You are, but they are professionals for a reason. Like they, that's their job is to make books that sell. No one wants to buy or push like you're getting an agent. He has to sell your book or she, to make money they don't want a product that they cannot sell so if agents give you feedback listen to it were there any of the beats or things in your book that that had to change that then um influenced your writing later on um well this is funny the where i said my agent doesn't really know this story (laughs) but on the phone call on the phone call where he offered me rep um, a lot of agents, like, he was feeling feeling out the situation to see if I was open to change certain things in the book, right? And there was a plot point that he said was pointless and it could be eliminated. He was right. We got rid of it. And he also said, I feel like the ending is a bit rushed. <laughs> I remember thinking, you don't say. Because <laughs> I wrote it in two days. But I'll fix that. Amazing. So you did. So you did uh, lengthen out the ending a little bit. I definitely fleshed it out more. 
and and so this this book then came out uh and this came out as ebook right mm-hmm. it sold as an ebook um i think the thing with that was the book itself was new adult which i mean most people know what that is but if you don't it's young adult but steamy right so the book was new adult and the market for that is almost all ebooks it's people on kindles and and their phones reading these stories so yeah sold as an ebook to pocket books which is a division of simon and schuster but that still felt pretty good because it was simon and schuster and so and so at this point this point you're away and how, and how did the book how did the book go how did it do uh, looking back now a couple of years ahead um i think it's just okay like it just did okay it's not the greatest story ever but it's entertaining and it's got a good girl power to it it definitely didn't make me rich or be able to quit my day job or anything i'll tell you that so what so what so what happened next that book's out and now you're straight back into the trenches writing your next novel yes um that took a very long time because i started that book and like i three months three or four months into it my dad passed away and he lived away from me like an hour and a half away and I was the executor of his estate and I'm still working full time. I'm like, guess what I did on the weekends was drive an hour and a half away out of town to try and like get organize his life. Right. So the book was kind of on pause, but I remember taking the first times where my husband would be driving and I had my laptop on my legs and I'd be writing while he's driving to, you know, go renovate this house. Um, but it took me almost a full year to write all our broken pieces, like start to finish. That's that's still really good. Um, I think uh, I think I think that's still a really good a really good pace for writing. Um, but you said you said you can write quite fast. Is that right? I wrote the Enchantment of Emma Fletcher in four months, start wow. to finish, and it's seventy five thousand words. And it, I mean, it's. It was a decent manuscript when I sent it in. It wasn't like a skeleton project, you know. And and so you got this. You got all our broken feet pieces finished. Um, and and then what was the process like then? So did you post this on Wattpad or did you write this um, sort of I, outside? I did not post it on Wattpad. So how actually I should include <laughs> when I started writing all our broken pieces. Every sixty pages I would send to my agent at first. And he would read it and, like, give me feedback. And I would, like, tweak it or whatever. And to begin with, I sent him a synopsis and everything. I'm like, this is what I'm going to write next. He's like, sounds good. Let's do it. So I'd send him every 60 pages, which not a lot of agents do. I'm very grateful for that. Um, and I can do that anytime I write anything. I can send it to him and say, what do you think about this? Um, and... What, like 190 pages in I want to say maybe the book went sideways it totally it totally like was different than the synopsis the main points were still there the beats were still there but like my details that I had hashed out so beautifully were nothing like because the characters just did what they wanted anyway so I sneakily kind of stopped sending the 80 pages or the 60 pages to John and I didn't send him it until it was finished after that. Like, after they kind of just went off track. And I said, well, this isn't... And when I sent it, I said, this isn't what we discussed, but it's what came out. And I submitted it to him. 
And, and how's his feedback? What what did he? What was his uh, impression? Like of the whole thing when I sent it, um, he did not reply to me. For, well, like he replied said, I can't wait to read this. But then I didn't hear anything for like two weeks. So I'm like, oh my god, what is taking so long? And then he emailed me and he's like, we don't, you don't need to change anything. This is perfect. Wow. And I said, what? And he's like, yeah, I'm just getting a submission list ready. So two weeks after I sent it in, he's had a submission list. Like he's like, that's what took me so long. I was getting a submission list ready. And so what? And so what happened there? What he it goes out goes out to um, to publishers. He has to pitch it to editors, and they see if they're going to take this on, right? Right. So he pitches. He pitched it to I think our first round was seventeen editors. So seventeen different publishing houses. And. Three weeks later, I was at work, like, just working one morning, and my office phone rang, and it was that. So my lucky number, this is so funny, my lucky number is 33. And at the time, my agent's office number ended with 33. And I remember looking down at my phone and seeing the number ringing, and it was 33. And I'm like, oh, my lucky number, ha. And I picked up the phone, and it was John, my agent. And he's like, hello. And I said, hello. He's like, how are you this morning? I said, I'm good. How are you? He's like, oh, very well, thanks. And he's like, we have an offer. And that was like three weeks in. It was our first reply. Like our first response from any editor was an offer. And that was from Disney. And John said, okay, well, we just started the submission process. We'll let the other people know that we have an offer and get back to you because that's typically what you do, right? So that's what he did. He sent out the email and then the next morning, and I'm freaking out. I'm like freaking out. I'm losing my mind. I don't sleep. Nothing like, because this is amazing. This doesn't actually happen to real people in real life. And the next morning he calls me again and he said, are you sitting down? And I said, yes. And he's like, they really want this book. And I said, why? And he's like, well, They've made a preemptive offer. And I was like, what? And so basically that means they asked him what it would cost to take the book off the table. He gave them a number and they agreed to it. So that that was a, a decent number he gave them, which gets things very makes things very exciting, right? Yes, that was a very decent number, which I certainly didn't like. Well, I don't know. Like, I don't want to say I didn't expect it because, again, four months into writing the book, I said to... Um, my husband at the time, I said to him, this book's going to change my life. Like, I know it. This is the one that is going to change things for me. I just felt it with everything in my soul. I don't know. I can't explain it. Give me goosebumps. That's just awesome. <laughs> uh, and and so Disney came. They're like, no, we want this. It's ours. It, it, Tell us how to tell us how to make this happen, and and then and then what then what happens then? Um. Then, <laughs> then there's okay. So here's another myth: nothing happens fast, or pe- like people should know, nothing in publishing happens fast. When I signed my offer, um, it had a publishing date two years out, and I remember calling John and I said that's two years that seems like a long time I said to him like is that wrong is that supposed to be next year and he's like no that is 100% correct it takes two years I'm like it takes two years to make a book so it was a two-year process between you know 
like edits and edits and interior design and cover design and like there's a million it takes like a village of people to make a book honestly one book so don't complain about buying your books for 20 bucks and and it, and it came out on may uh in may in 2019 may 7th 2019 and it immediately got really good reviews yes it has some pretty good reviews and so how's it how's it gone since how's how's that been since then um it's been it's so surreal it doesn't feel real still every time i don't read reviews that's i mean like if they're if i'm tagged in them and obviously there's a couple that they use for promoing my book i've read those reviews obviously but i try not to read reviews because i don't know it's just i don't recommend it as a writer um but librarians seem to have liked the book enough because it's nominated for like you were saying the white pine award at the ola's forest of reading which is like the largest recreational reading program in canada so i mean that's cool i didn't expect that right it's amazing yeah and and i want to talk a little bit about the book itself because in all our broken pieces the characters kyla and lennon they're both dealing with mental health issues right yeah, well, Kyler's less, he's not, he's got physical deformities. So I guess, yes, he has some mental issues, but no, we, not diagnosed anything for him, but Lennon has OCD. Would you be able to talk a little bit about some of the, the work you did to be able to tell that story authentically? Um, Sure. Okay, so I decided to write the story because... I have diagnosed, I've been diagnosed with both depression and anxiety. And I don't know, I wanted to write about something like that, but I felt like I wanted to do it in a way that it wouldn't be so personal that I couldn't write it. So I thought, well, like, what I got to make it like not exactly anxiety. It's like, it can't be exactly like mine. So I gave her OCD when I was planning the book out. I'm like, I'm going to give her OCD that way because I don't have experience with OCD, or so I thought, really. I still don't know. I'll explain that in a minute. Um, I'll give her OCD. So then I started doing hours and hours and hours of research. Like, I would close my office door at lunchtime and watch documentary after documentary of, like, about obsessive compulsive disorder. I read a million articles. I bought ebooks. I bought audiobooks. I actually have a friend who's a psychiatrist that works with youth. I talked to her over the phone for a couple hours and like randomly scribbled notes. And the whole time I was researching, I'm like, oh my God, I think my mom had OCD. Honestly, I cannot prove it. I'm not a doctor. I'm supposed to always say that. But when I was researching it, I'm like, I think my mother had undiagnosed obsessive compulsive disorder because so many of the things in the book um, come from her, like color coding her, Lennon color codes her clothes and, like, there's, she has to organize the cans in a way that they're alphabetized. And I remember, like, when I was little, very little, like, eight years old, learning how to put groceries away. And my mom told me you had to alphabetize the cans and face the labels front so you could, like, always see what was there when you just opened the door. Like, she always had reasoning behind it. But, like, her whole color, like, her closet was color-coded 
everything was so meticulously organized. People didn't think that people actually lived in my house. But I grew up thinking that this was, like, kind of normal. And, you know, like, I always thought OCD was people who wash their hands. That's what I thought. And it's ignorant and it's stupid. And But that is literally what I thought until I started researching it. And then I thought, oh, my God, so... I have anxiety. I don't know where that comes from. I have no biological brothers. I have two adopted brothers, but they aren't biological. I have no idea where why I have anxiety. But now I think my mom might have had OCD. So I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense to me. So, yeah, I don't know. That was very interesting that you learn, which maybe makes the book more authentic a little bit, right? More authentic than I thought it would be when I endeavored to write it. It makes it extremely personal. Yeah, well, I mean, and I still, I've asked her siblings, I'm like, do you think she, mom could have had OCD? And they're like, 100%. Like, 100%. Because her obsession with having to have things clean and symmetrical and organized was just unreal. And the, and the character, so what would, is there any, um, as you've gone through this, like, process of writing, is there, is there a sequel to this book? Or is this a one and done? Um, right now it's the one and done, but I left room in my head. I know I wrote a sequel, but readers have to demand it, right? If there's no demand for the sequel, there's no sequel. And is there anything that you, any advice that you give to people? Like you spoke a little bit about your own anxiety. Any advice for young people that might be reading this or, or going through things like that? Anything that you'd say to them? Like, by the time you're older, (laughs) what people think of you matters so much less and less. And when you're younger, I remember a lot of my anxiety. So a lot of my anxiety is centered around, like, something bad happening to my children, which is why my book is personal. But also for a long time, like, back even when I met you, when I was doing that panel, it was, like, the most terrifying day of my life. Like, honestly, I am just not a people person because I always thought that everyone was judging me like how I look how I sound what if I sound stupid and I mean that's I think those are pretty common thoughts but people don't think that they are and when you're older like I just care less and less I really I am so comfortable in my own skin at this point that I don't care what people think about me like you like me or you don't and life is so much better that way So that's one piece of advice. Second piece of advice is learn to meditate. Like, it's changed my life in terms of anxiety, honestly. I can, when I have a negative thought now, I literally force myself to think, I'm having a negative thought, I'm going to say no to it and toss it away and replace it with a positive thought. But I've only been able to do that consciously every time my anxiety tries to, like, best me since I've been meditating. I don't know. It sounds like hippie, but it's true. <laughs> I, I, I think it's, I think it's really powerful. And, um, with other guests that we've, that we, we've had and the other guests that we're speaking to, we, we hear a lot of this things about meditation, things about, um, journaling and things about self love. It's like, if you, if you can muster that and feel confident, like Beth Rekel spoke about it really eloquently as well. And that you, you, you kind of, um, you have to love yourself first and then everything will, will come from come from there. That's when you stop caring as much and that and that can really help. Um, well, that's the thing. And stop looking at your flaws like they're a flaw. 
Like, society tells you they're a flaw. They're what makes you you and what makes you awesome. And, like, start embracing that. I am so weird. Like, I am so bizarre in some ways. I'll start talking about, like, horoscopes. And I always ask people, what's your sign? And, you know, like, some people, that turns them right off. But I don't care. Like, you know, just I own it. I'm weird. Like it or lump it. I don't care. And that's the whole point of my book, really. Not weird, but, like, own who you are. Who cares? You can't change, like, you can change yourself, but you can't change certain things about yourself. So you may as well learn to love them. Absolutely. Um, and and so the book came out. It, it's it's doing good. And and then everything changed for you career-wise uh, in the le- latter half of, of last year, didn't it? Beginning of last year. It was awful. In February of 2019, I got laid off after 15 years of literally getting up and going to the same job at the same company with the same people every day. And that honestly, like I know it sounds so overly dramatic, but it feels like someone, it does feel the same as when someone dies. Because you all of a sudden don't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Like when you get out of bed 15 years at 8 a.m. every morning go to the same place and then you don't have that place to go to like it rattles you like nothing else right I was so depressed I like laid in bed and I cried for two full months I didn't sleep I just was like useless I'm also extremely dramatic in case my writing has not told you that but I just couldn't get out of bed I was just, it was awful everything I thought I knew my whole comfort was gone and so how did you get out of that? I booked a trip to Bali. <laughs> so one day I'm like, you know what? Because I'm a vacation junkie. Like I chase the sun like nobody. And, you know, when I had my nine to five, I could do that like once in a while. Um, but of course, I got after 15 years, they don't let you go with nothing. And so... One day, I think it was like three o'clock in the morning, I was up and I was crying because, you know, I just woke up like upset. And I thought, why am I even crying? I can go anywhere in the world. Like I could literally go to Bora Bora if I want to, technically. And so then I'm like the next morning, I'm like, I'm going to make it my mission to Google where is it safe for female solo travel. And Bali kept coming up and... I called a travel agent and I said, I need you to book me a trip to Bali. And then I left for two and a half weeks. And how was that? It was the best decision I've ever made in my entire life. I would go back in a heartbeat. You've been to Bali. But this was, was this your first time traveling solo? Um, well, I've traveled solo like a lot, but like to New York, you know, for work type for book stuff. Um, I've never, like, I definitely have never gotten on a plane and been like, I'm going to fly across the world. Because that sounds like a good idea. But it was. It was. It was the best thing I ever did. And uh, and how and how, how was the trip? So it was amazing. You had an awesome time. I had such an awesome time. And it made me reflect on what is important to me, which wasn't working in an office nine to five to make somebody else rich. Honestly. Like, that's what I came out of it with. And, you know, the whole self-love thing. The people of Bali have, it's a totally different world. No one cares what kind of car, boat, house, whatever your neighbors have. No, Like, no one cares. That's about family and community. And being grateful. 
for what you have. And uh, I don't, it changes you a little bit, right? Definitely. Um, and definitely if you go with that, kind of needing a bit of a change as well. If you go there and if you go anywhere, actually, especially by yourself, like it's 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 a scary thing uh, when you wake up and you you just uh, you know that you it's just you and you've got to keep yourself entertained. Yeah. Uh, as writers, we always have a bit of an advantage because we get the laptop out, we get the notebook out, and all of a sudden our imaginary characters pop up and uh, we can put ourselves in any world. But um, I traveled by myself a bit a few years ago and it, it is inter it's interesting. You just get a lot more introspection time. Um, you can, you're kind of spoiled for choice. You're like, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a it's really good and I think it's a really important thing for for people to do it tests um, you. like it tests your personal I don't even know how to explain it but it tests you but it also heals you kind of I don't I would recommend everyone take a solo trip once in their life if you can yeah, I, I get in a heartbeat and then and then when you came back um this is how it led to you working again um as a a writer for chapters yes tell us about that um i actually have a couple ladies that i met through wattpad <laughs> funny enough <laughs> that work for chapters and one of them posted on her facebook that her company was hiring writers and i thought well i'll just apply like why not like why not so i applied and she was quick to call me and like she knew me from Wattpad and she may work from Wattpad and she's like I offered me the job basically so it wasn't even that hard see I feel like such a jerk like the Disney thing was so great and magical I find this great job that's magical like in a way that's magical I don't know I feel lucky very blessed it's 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 an amazing story and i think uh i think you are do all of these because of your hard work and tenacity um you know you've stuck with everything and you've you've done you've faced your fears you've done things that have scared you and you've pushed yourself which i find so inspiring i, I loved i've loved listening to this and love getting getting these stories and i guess I'll, I'll quickly clarify when we're talking about chapters we're talking about chapters interactive stories uh, Leah, do you want to just briefly explain what the app is and does um, it's like a, a video game that is choose your own adventure, but a story, basically. That is awesome, and you should all download it, too. And so now you are writing full-time. You're creating stories uh, for chapters, interactive stories, and then you're writing your own books in yes. your personal time. Yes. Have, have you found it? So we were, I was in the podcast with Beth, we spoke a little bit about how she balanced being an IT manager with a creative. And she said, well, it's pretty good because the IT is not creative at all. So when I get home, I've got plenty of gas in the tank to write my books. Being a, a full-time writer and then a evening or morning writer, have you found it a challenge or has it been okay? Uh, a thousand percent, it's a challenge. It's so hard. Because to be on creatively eight hours a day, five days a week, and then to like be on creatively more after that is quite difficult. But I do think my own personal work is so much different than obviously what I write for chapters that like they don't overlap in that way. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't find myself having to adjust my writing styles like consciously. 
But having the motivation to even want to like open my laptop after I've sat on it for eight hours writing to write is a bit difficult. But I'm getting there. I'm getting there and I'm really excited about a new project. And so right now it's full steam ahead. But I can't promise like if you ask me in a month, is it going to be the same answer? I don't know. Can you tell us about the new project that you have coming up? Um, well, I mean, it could be nothing really. Right now, it's just a manuscript, and I don't. It's hmm. It's about a small town that is dealing with the death of a young man due to suicide, and one of the main characters is the young man's twin brother, and of course. That would be quite difficult, right? Like, you look like the person everybody is mourning. Especially their mother. So, it's about that. And, of course, because I do boy meets girl, <laughs> there's a girl. And she has some of her own battles. Which, I like. I don't want to give too much away yet. Like, yeah, that's a good teaser. My agent about it, so. But it's I'm 20,000 words in and it's feeling pretty good. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, hey, Leah, this has been a fantastic interview. Um, wow. Thank you so much for your honesty and thank you so much for your time. I've, I've got an absolute ton out of this. Um, wanted to finish up with our last few questions. So firstly, what advice do you have for young Wattpadders or authors that are just starting out on their journey? Um, it's this business. It's very easy to get discouraged and frustrated and want to give up and like throw in the towel but if it means something to you and you believe in yourself and in your gut you know that you're a writer you just got to keep writing like you have to and don't give up because I don't know I got so many people scoffed at me for taking like a small ebook deal. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, it's just an ebook. Like, what does that mean? And I remember, like, thank you for raining on my parade because I was super excited about that, like, five minutes ago. And, you know, everybody has their own journey. You cannot compare it to somebody else's. You can't. Like, maybe I didn't wake up one night and, like, debut on the New York Times bestseller list. Maybe I started with a little fan fiction and then an ebook, but I still got somewhere through perseverance. So, just don't give up. If if you could go back in a time machine, what would you tell yourself? In like in terms of life or writing? Yeah, if you could go back and see a young version of yourself, what would you say? What advice would you give? Um to spend less to have spent less time in my younger years caring about what other people thought about me. Honestly, like I want to say, oh, I do this differently and I do that differently, but I've ended up in a pretty good place. I've had a, like a really uphill battle to get there. So I don't want to say I would do anything differently, but I would tell myself that I wasted a lot of my time worried about what people who I shouldn't be worried about what they think, think about me. Yeah, I think that's you know yeah, I think those are powerful words. I think that's very, very true. And it is the easiest thing to do. And especially now for uh, younger people, when you, you have so much co to compare yourself to, I can't even imagine how much dif more difficult it is now. Um, you've, you've 
there's so much more out there to distract you and to to make you feel um, like you're not worthy. There's so so much of that. So I think that's a that's very sage advice. Uh, Finally, uh, our last question is: Who should we have on the show next? Uh, Erin Latimer. She has a book coming out on March 3rd. You should all buy it. It's called Witches of Ash and Ruin. And it's feminist witches. I'm not even going to... You just need to read it. She's amazing. Amazing. And um, do you want to give a quick shout out to the Wattpad 4? Of course I do. So that would be Erin Latimer, Monica Sands, Rebecca Skye, Fallon DeMornay. Oh, I guess Erin Latimer isn't technically Wattpad 4 anymore. You might have to cut that out. Anyway, whatever she was Wattpad for. And Lindsay, do not microwave. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Leah, thank like you. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for appearing on the show, making time to speak to us. This has been such a fantastic interview. And I wish you the absolute best for this year. I know we'll have you back on uh, once the next book is out and I know you've got some more exciting news that you're not able to quite share yet that you shared with me before the show so (laughs) everyone please make sure that you do follow Leah you can find her at www.ldcrichton.com she's on Twitter at ldcrichton Instagram at ldcrichton and she's on Wattpad 2 as ldcrichton you really got all of those handles I know. Well, it's you know, brand, brand recognition and consistency. That's a piece of advice: if you want writing for a living, you better start brushing up on your marketing skills. That that's that's true. Uh, I haven't quite managed to get at Tim everywhere, but I'm at Tim on Wattpad, so I'll take that one as a win. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Well, Leah, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, The feedback that we've got on this has been absolutely amazing. We've had over 100 people listen from five different countries. And honestly, taking the time to share the show, uh, write in your comments and feedback and thoughts has been just incredible to receive. So thank you so, so much for tuning in. And you'll see myself next week with another interview.